today I want to talk on a message that I titled, uh, A Vessel in the Hand of the Master. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to be uh, reading mostly, if we can turn this, our Bibles this morning, from the book of First Samuel chapter 15, verse 16. Uh, actually, if we start off by turning to Judges chapter 15, verse 16. Sorry for that. Judges chapter 15, verse 16. If you are there, can you say, I'm there? If you are still looking, can you say, still looking? All right, I'll give you a minute. Hallelujah. So I, I, I said that I coined my message this morning, a vessel in the hand of the master. Amen. Uh, I'm going to read from the book of Judges, chapter 15, verse 16. If you are lost, it's between Genesis and Revelations. <laughs> all right. Are we all there? Amen. So I'm going to go ahead and read. And Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey... Hips upon hips, with the jawbone of a donkey, you have I slain a thousand men. Amen. I'm going to retract uh, a little bit on the scripture and read from verse 15. Um, actually, let's, let me start from verse 14. Uh, the scripture is talking about Samson, and the word of God says, And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was bent with fire. His, hand, his bands loosed from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of a donkey and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. Amen. Uh, let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful. Your word is mighty. I thank you this morning, Father. Have your way in this place. Uh, God, we pray that you minister like you want to minister in this place. We receive your ministry in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The word of God is just telling us that the spirit of the Lord came upon the man Samson. Amen. He was a judge. Uh, he had been called or he had been anointed or ordained of God to lead or to be a deliverer for the children of Israel. Because we know from the time the children of Israel, when they went into the promised land, they didn't have a, a king there then. So God would raise time and time judges that would rise up uh, to deliver the children from their enemies or the Philistines that were uh, encompassing or surrounding the children of Israel. And Sam Samson was one of the judges that God raised up so that he could bring deliverance to the nation of Israel. Amen. Now, the scripture that we, are, we have just read, we hear that now the Philistines were coming against uh, the man of God, Samson. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. That he took the nearest, nearest thing that he could find that was close to him. He took the jawbone of a donkey. Amen. And he slew a thousand men, and they died there. Amen. Uh, when you read this scripture, it seems like uh, there's nothing of significance here. There's nothing important here. But we see a man of God being anointed of the Spirit of God, taking the jawbone of a donkey. <laughs> In other words, this, this jawbone had been discarded. 
There was no more use for it. Amen. But now Samson picks it up and he makes it a vessel of honor. The word of God says, in the house of the Lord, there are many vessels, some of honor and some of dishonor. But we see this man picking a vessel that had been uh, or that had, that had been thrown away, meaning that it was a vessel of dishonor. There was nothing significant or important about a jawbone of a donkey. It had served its purpose in, in it existing in the body of a donkey. But all of a sudden, it's of no use anymore. So it's thrown away, it's discarded. But on one day that the Lord had ordained, uh, we find that Samson reaches out his hand and he picks the jawbone of a donkey and with it he slays a thousand men. All of a sudden, the, the jawbone has been elevated or its status has been elevated to where it was not being mentioned anymore. Its use was, was no more, uh, it was useless. But all of a sudden, it's picked up and it's, it becomes a vessel of honor. Amen. It's going to get good in a moment. Uh, can we turn our Bibles again to the book of First Samuel? Chapter 22. First Samuel chapter 22, verse 1, I'm going to read. Now, the word of God says in the book of First Samuel, chapter 22, verse 1, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house had it. They went down to him. Amen. Verse 2. And everyone that was in distress. Turn to your neighbor and say, everyone that was in distress. And everyone that was in debt. And everyone that was discontented. Hallelujah. So the Bible is just telling us that. The people that were in distress, the people that were in debt, the people that were discontented, they went to be with David. Amen. Are we together? And gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them, and they were with him about 400 men. Amen. Now we hear the Bible telling us that there were people, the family, David's family, after he was running away from Saul. Because Saul wanted to kill him. Now, the word of God is telling us that he went and he hid in a cave called Adullam. As he was in that cave, his family went with him also because they were in danger. <laughs> then there's another group of people that decided that they were going to join this man, David. It was not people that had any pedigree. It, had, it was not people that had a history. But their history was nothing but bad news. <laughs> Today, I want to talk to somebody whose history is nothing but bad news. The word of God is telling us that there were people that were discontented. Nothing had been working out for them. Everything around them was chaotic. Amen. They were in distress. They owed a lot of money. They were in debt. The word of God is telling us. But they went to be with David. 
I want to tell you this. When you decide to walk with God, it doesn't matter where you are coming from, but he has the ability to change your history. You might not have any pedigree. You might not have a good history, but when you come to him, he says, I will make you a vessel of honor. You might have looked at your life and you say, I like the jawbone of a donkey. I served my purpose. What use am I anymore? But I've come to tell you, there's a God who's reaching out his hand that you can be a vessel of honor. He took the jawbone of a donkey and with it he slew a thousand men. Ah, there were men that were in debt. They owed a lot of money. They had price, price tags on their head. They wanted to be killed but they decided they were going to align themselves with David. I don't know who you align yourself with. When you look at your life, I don't know who you walk with. I don't know who your counterparts are. I don't know who you have decided to make your friend. But this man decided that they wanted to walk with a man called David. They were in distress. And they said, we are in distress. We are in, we are in debt. We are discontented. There's only one place that we can go to. It is to be with David, the man of God. I don't know what brought you to Harvest International Church. Uh, it might seem despised, but I've come to tell you that this ministry is going somewhere. I don't know why, what brought you into this house this morning, but I've come to tell you this. You have aligned yourself properly this morning. You have aligned yourself properly this morning. Uh, it seemed coincidence that at the time that, Samson, that Samson wanted to slay the, the, the thousand Philistine, there was a, a jawbone of a donkey right beside him. The, the jawbone was aligned properly. You have aligned yourself properly by coming to the house of the Lord this morning. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are in the right place this morning. You are in the right place this morning. Hallelujah. So we see those people in debt. Are those people that were distressed. Aligning themselves with the man of God. Now, those that know the story about this man, David. Before I, I, I begin to look at the outcome of this man that aligned themselves with David. I want to look at a certain man or a particular man. That was so close to the heart of David. You can guess, probably you know who, that, who I'm talking about. The man that David loved the most. Anyone wants, who wants to take a guess? Jonathan. Amen. Jonathan was the man that David valued so dearly. But when these men are being mentioned here, that they went to be with David. Now, look, look at and see what happened here. A time comes when Jonathan's dad, who is Saul, wanted to kill David. Jonathan goes to David and says, David, my father wants to kill you. Right. He, gives him, he gives him a warning. So in other words, he was even betraying his father and, and, and selling him out or, or telling David what he was planning to do. Now, Jonathan was the one who was going to be king after Saul. But he saw it to an extent that he said, you know what? There's something different about this man called David that I would rather he be king in my stead. That's how dear or that's how close their friendship was. Jonathan was willing to leave or, or, or to, to abdicate his kingship so that David becomes king because he had seen something. But the word of God is telling us that only those that were in distress, only those that were in debt, 
only those that were discontented went to be with David in the cave of Adullam. <laughs> what, what am I saying? There are people that know the value of being a child of God. <laughs> they understand the privileges of being called a Christian. <laughs> because when you are called a child of God, the word of God says silver and gold belongeth to him. Uh, everything in heaven and earth belongs to him. He spoke his word and everything became. That's how powerful our God is. But knowing that he is powerful, knowing that he is the king, is not enough. It wasn't enough for Jonathan to say, David, I'd rather you be king over me. I'd rather betray my father and you be king and, 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 and help you to, to save your life and not go to be with the man. You might say, wow. You know, he, he did a noble thing. He saved David's life. But that was not the, the ultimate price. Christ says, if anyone wants to follow me, he must take up his cross and follow me. I don't know, have you taken your cross this morning? Have you decided that at all costs, you are going to pay the price? Do you know what the outcome of Jonathan was? Jonathan valued his earthly connection that he betrayed his spiritual connection. He had a spiritual connection with David, but he valued the connection he had in the flesh. <laughs> I don't know, there are some people that you walk around with, you know these are fleshly connections. These are fleshly relationships <laughs> because they don't edify to your spirit. <laughs> uh, they don't edify to your spirit. One time Jesus says, if anyone wants to be my disciple, he must be willing to deny even his mother and father. What was he talking about? He was talking about Jonathan. <laughs> he was saying, Jonathan, you understood the anointing that was upon David. But we are hearing the word of God telling us that only the distressed, only those in debt, and only those that were discontented went to be with David. It might seem justified, but do you know what happened on the day that Saul died? David on the same day that Saul died, Jonathan died also. What am I saying? I'm saying there's a value to be called a child of God. But are you willing to pay the price? Because you see, everything that is worldly is going to come to an end one day. The word of God says, they that reap to spiritual things, they are going to reap eternal life. But those that sow to the flesh are going to reap corruption. So one day, Jonathan... On the day that Saul died, he died with him. You might be coming to church. It's not just about coming to church. It's about your relationship with the son of the living God. Have you paid the price to walk with him? When you walk with him, have you decided that you will live all that he might be all for you? This man called Jonathan... He knew the anointing that was upon David. He knew that David was the chosen one of the living God. But he could not, he could not leave the relationship that he had with his earthly father. And he paid the price. There are some people that are going to pay the price dearly for not leaving the things of this world to walk or to seek their spiritual connection. David had been anointed and only the distressed only those that were in debt and only those that were discontented went to be with him. I don't know where you stand this morning. I don't know what you value. This man, this man decided, though we have a history, but we have one thing that we have realized, we have recognized where the anointing is. 
Do you recognize where the anointing is? Have you placed yourself strategically for God to bless you? Now I want you to begin to look at the outcome of this man. The word of God says they discontented. There was nothing of value about them. There was nothing significant. And nothing about their history was important. But they made one decision. That they were going to walk with David. They were going to pay the price. No matter what it takes, they were going to walk with David. I don't know this morning. Have you decided in your heart that where Christ says for you to go, that's where you will be. I don't know. Have you decided in your heart that you will leave the world and walk with Christ? Have you made a decision that you will be a vessel in the house of the living God. Have you made a decision that I want to be where God can use me? Have you positioned yourself to be used of God? Jonathan could have been a great advisor or a great general for the armies of David. They would have conquered and ruled Israel together. But because he did not recognize the moment, he missed it. But these men that were off no reputation, that we're in debt, that we're distressed. I want you to look at their, their, out, their outcome, amen. First Samuel, sorry, First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 10. First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 10. Are you with me this morning? If you are with me, say amen. First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 10, I'm going to read. First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 10. These also are the chiefs of the mighty men whom David had, who strengthened them, themselves with him in his kingdom. The word of God is telling us that they strengthened themselves together with him in his kingdom. They strengthened themselves to be with David. They said, it's okay, we know we are in debt. We know no one wants to be associated with us. But with their strength, they found comfort in being with David. Chapter 11, verse 10. These also are the chief of the mighty men whom David had, who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom and with all Israel to make him king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. And this is the number of the mighty men whom David had. Uh, Joshabam and Hashmonite, the chief of the captains, he lifted up his spear against 300 slain by him at one time. Amen. We are being told of one man here uh, who lifted his spear against 300. Amen. When this man came to David, he was in debt. <laughs> he was distressed. He was discontented. But the word of God is telling us that he took his spear and he fought against 300 men and he defeated them. And where is Jonathan? Dead in the grave with Saul. I want you to look at what is happening with all these men. Verse 11. And this is the number of the mighty men whom David had. Joshua and Hashmonite, the chief of the captains. He lifted up his spear against 300 slain by him at one time. And after him was Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the Aohite, who was one of the three mighties. He was with David at, at uh, Pasdamim. And there the Philistines were gathered together to battle. 
there was a parcel of, of ground full of barley, and the people fled from before the Philistines, and they set themselves in the midst of that parcel, and he delivered it, and slew the Philistines, and the Lord saved them by a great deliverance. Now, three of the thirty captains went down to the, to the rock of David, into the cave of Adullam, and the horse of the Philistines encamped them in the valley of Rephaim. And David was was, was, was then in the hold, and the Philistine garrison was then at Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me a drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem that is at the gate. And the three break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. But David said, I will not drink of it, but poured it out unto the Lord and said, My, my God forbid it me that I should do this thing. Shall I drink the blood of these men that have put their lives in jeopardy? For with the jeopardy of their life they brought it. Therefore he would not drink it. These things did these three mightiest. Amen. We are hearing now of what the mighty works that these men are beginning to do. They are slaying 300 men. They are breaking through garrisons of Philistine armies to bring David some water. <laughs> because they aligned themselves. The anointing that was with David is also the anointing that is upon them. Though they were cast out, though they had no pedigree, though no one wanted to be recognized with them, but because they aligned themselves with God, we are seeing them being used mightily. I've come to tell you, it doesn't matter what your history is, but when you put yourself in the hands of God, you can be used to slay a thousand men. You can be used to bring war to the enemy's territory. You can cause havoc in heaven because they know a shout of God is here. Harvest International do not look it down upon yourself. You are anointed. You have aligned yourself by coming to the house of the Lord this morning because he is saying of you because you came this morning I'm going to arm you to be a weapon of warfare. You might have looked at yourself and said I'm useless but God is saying if you are in my hand I can do mighty things with you. You might have been trembled under feet but that's not the end of it all. It's a beginning again. You can start all over again. You can be a general in the armies of the Lord. You can be an overcomer. Your place is an overcomer. Amen. Their history did not matter anymore. I've come to talk to somebody. You look at yourself and you're like, what can I do in the house of the Lord? There's nothing about me that's special. God is not looking for the special. The word of God says, the battle is not to the mighty nor to the swift. But chance and opportunity, they happen to them all. Ah, it's, it's, chance and opportunity, they happen to them all. And another, another man of God says, the opportunities of a lifetime, they have to be utilized in the lifetime of the opportunity. You, have, you, are, you are living in the lifetime of an opportunity to become great in the kingdom of God. The decisions you begin to make. Jonathan made a decision that he was going to save David, but he was not going to be with David. Uh, there are some people that have made a decision that they are going to show up to church on Sunday, but uh, they are going to be spectators when they come to the house of the Lord. There are some people that have made up their mind that they are going to come to the house of the Lord, but it's just going to end there. They are not going to tap into the power of God. They are not going to do anything to say, God, use me. If you can use anything, if you use the jawbone of a donkey and you slew a thousand men, you can use me too. You can be used of God. You can be used of God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. The word of God says. I'm going to take a note here. 
I'm holding here the hundred dollar note. Amen. I'm going to put it on the ground. These are the mighty men. These are the mighty men of David. They have value. They have significance. But the circumstances of life, they have been coming and stepping on them. Uh, these are the mighty men of David. They are in debt because they have been stepped upon. Uh, they are of value, but they don't realize who they are. They are just being trampled upon. They are useless as far as other people are concerned. They are just stepping on them. They are just walking over them. They are trampled. They are like doormats. They don't mean anything. They are just walking on them. But, they, but then a man comes and says, you know what? There's a hundred dollar note that I see on the ground. I'm going to lift it up. I'm going to pick it up. Then he picks it up. Now, I want to ask you a question. Has this dollar value lost its value because I trampled upon it? Or is it still able to buy, to buy what it was able to buy before I threw it on the ground? Uh, the plans he had for you from the beginning of the world, it doesn't matter what life has thrown at you. It doesn't matter what life has brought you away. Uh, even though life has spit you out, uh, but your value is not lost. You are a vessel in the house of the Lord. You can do mighty things in the house of the Lord. You can do exploits in the house of the Lord. Your value has not diminished. Your value is not diminished. The word of God tells me about a man called, called Jacob. The word of God says he had labored for a wife for 14 years in, 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 in Laban's house. Laboring for a wife. And one time he, he, he was tricked after serving his first seven years. He wakes up that morning and he looks and he finds, oh, I've been given the wrong wife. I don't know about you. Sometimes you wake up and you are like, God, is this my life? What kind of life am I? living is this portion for me and sometimes life subjects you to work as a slave another seven years so another seven years he begins to labor again for his wife and all of a sudden the word of God tells us that even the the, the, the cattle that he was he was he was supposed to raise his master Laban would trick him and, and take everything from him but God had his hand upon him. Then one day, the word of God says he was, he was going to meet his brother. And death was certain. These men were depressed. They were distressed in debt. And they were discontented. One day, Jacob is discontented. He is, he is distressed. He is he's facing death. But he says, God, he wrestles with God all night. And God says to him, what is your name? What is your name? Sometimes life gives you names. Do you know that? If you read the Bible, the, we, we hear of the woman with the issue of blood. Her issue had become a name. <laughs> uh, one man was blind. We hear the word of God says, his name is blind. But me, life had given him a name. I don't know what life has given you, what name they have given you. They have called you useless. But today you are lifted up. You can be a vessel in the house of the living God. You can be a weapon of warfare. You can be used mightily of God. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your name is. He's a name changer. He's a destiny changer. He can change your destiny. Somebody's destiny is about to change. Somebody's destiny is about to change. 
You are at the cusp of great things. You are at the precipice of great things. You are on the verge of being used of God. Ah, because you came to the house of the Lord this morning. Ah, you were aligning yourself. You did not know that God was stretching out his hand and saying, I'm going to do great things with you. You didn't know he had a word for you. Ah, to bring you from the pit, to lift you from the mighty clay. He had a word for you, to bring you out of darkness into his light. He ordained you. I don't care what life has thrown at you. I don't care what life has brought your way. I don't know what names they have given you. But you can be like the mighty man of David. The word of God, they say they were distressed. They were in debt. But now the word of God is telling us, these are the three mighty men of David. You are called to be mighty. You are called to be mighty. Their situation did not determine the end of the story. What am I saying? I'm saying where you are. It's just a bus stop. Get into the bus this morning. Get into the bus this morning. To go to your destination. Refuse to stand and stay by the bus stop. That's not the destination. My God, this bus is going somewhere this morning. Ah, this bus is going somewhere this morning. Refuse to stay the same. My God, now we are reading about the jawbone of a donkey. Have you ever imagined God himself Putting the jawbone of a donkey. Did he not have any other stories to talk about? That he's talking about the jawbone of a donkey. Why didn't he just say he took a weapon and he killed a thousand Philistines with it? Because he wanted you to understand how insignificant the weapon was. But because it found itself in the hand of the master. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, the word of God says, and, 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 and Peter had, had been asked, do you know this man? And he says, no, I don't know him. And he, he was asked again, do you know this man? And he says, I've never seen him in all my life. Why are you asking me all these questions? I don't know. I don't have anything to do with him. Oh, my God. But on the day of Pentecost, the word of God says, God stretched out his hand and brought him in. He says, Peter, do you love me? And he says, you know I love you. He asked him, do you love me? And he says, Father, you know I love you. Oh, then he was asked, do you love me? And he says, only you know all things. You know that I love you. God was restoring him from the place he had fallen. Three times he had denied Christ. And three times God was saying to him, do you love me with all your heart? I want to bring you back to the place where you have fallen. Because I have given you a name. And that name, you see, Peter was given his destiny before he denied Christ. But his destiny was not lost because he fell. He came and he repented. The word of God tells us that Christ has said to him, who do men say that I am? And he says, they say you are one of the prophets. Some say you are Elijah. Then he says, who do you say that I am? And he says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Christ turned to him and says, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my spirit has revealed that to you. Therefore, from this day onwards, you are Peter. On this rock, I will build my church. And he faced a situation that trampled him under feet. Uh, that trampled him under feet. But he refused for that to be the end of the story. He says, I will be a vessel. 
I will wait and position myself strategically. When others were waiting in the upper room for the pouring of the Holy Ghost, there Peter the jawbone is found. <laughs> ah, he is a jawbone of a donkey. He's waiting for the spirit to be poured out. And the word of God says he stood up and he began to preach that these men are not drunk, but they believe in the Jesus Christ whom you crucified. And the word of God says and 3,000 men get their life to the Lord on that day. <laughs> A man who had been trampled by situations. Today we talk about Jesus, Judas Iscariot as the betrayer because he never positioned himself back to be in a place of being a vessel of honor. But Peter positioned himself to be a vessel of honor. I've come to talk to somebody. You are the one I'm talking about because you think you are insignificant. You are the one I'm talking about because you think I'm not talking about you. You are the one I'm talking about because you are in this place. This word is for you. You might think you are useless, but you are not. The master is here. <laughs> one who is greater than Samson is here. <laughs> Samson took the jawbone of a donkey and he killed a thousand Philistines. <laughs> the word of God says the spirit of the Lord came upon him. The Lord himself is here. <laughs> the word of God says this man went to be with David. We know that David is a type of Christ. Because he was representing what would come to pass in the New Testament. He is the type of Christ. He is the one that was neglected. He is the one. The word of God says, at one time he says, uh, my, 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 he says my bones will not see decay as he's prophesying about Christ. That even after he's put to the ground, into the grave, he will not die, but he will rise up on the third day. David is a, is a type of Christ. He's typifying what God was going to do. He was going to bring a king who's going to reign forever. And that king is the one I come to tell you about. If these men that aligned themselves with David, they are, we hear the end of their story. Killing 3,000 Philistines. Breaking through the garrisons of the Philistines. Bringing water to David and saying, David, we've gone through the barracks. We've gone through the armies of the Philistines. We went that way and we came back through them. And here's the water that we brought. Just imagine uh, how, how much anointing was upon there. there. If, if you continue on to read that scripture, you will hear so many things being talked about the mighty men of David. But at one time, there were people of no significance. And they aligned themselves with the type of Christ. What if you align yourself with Christ this morning? What would be the outcome of your story? <laughs> their story was they were in debt. They were, dis they were distressed. They were discontented. <laughs> Are you discontented this morning? Are you in distress this morning? I don't know what you're, you're, you're desiring in your life. Uh, but sometimes I, I'm talking to somebody that's been going through in their life. Uh, you have been going through, it seems like doors are not opening for you. Uh, you are distressed. <laughs> and Christ is saying, I can do much more with your life than you can ever imagine. I can do much more with your life than you have ever imagined. You can be a vessel in the hands of the master. <laughs> the jawbone became a vessel in the hands of the master. Now, if you read the Bible, it says there are many vessels of, of honor and dishonor. There are many vessels in the house of the Lord, some of dishonor and some of honor. Then the word of God says, page yourself from the latter, meaning move yourself from being a vessel of dishonor and become a vessel of honor. I'm, I'm talking to you. You think I'm not talking to you, but I'm talking to you. 
you're the one I'm really talking to. Can I have uh, the pianist, Pastor Ella? We want, God wants to do something. <laughs> there are some vessels that are about to be picked up. There are some vessels that are about to be lifted from the ground. Oh, there's some miracles that are about to happen in somebody's life. There are great things. There's someone who's at the verge of a turnaround this morning. Let's stand up to our feet this morning. My God. My God. My God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. If you are that vessel that I'm talking about, just begin to pray where you are. Just begin to call up to the Lord and say, God, you can do many things with me. There's a man of God that's saying this song that if you can use anything, you can use me. Touch my feet, touch my hand. Speak through me. If you can do anything, you can speak through me. If you can use anything, you can use me. Somebody's about to be used, oh God. You have looked at yourself and you have looked down upon yourself. You have thought it that you are not worthy. But in the hands of the master, you can be of much importance. You can do exploits in the things of the Lord. My God, my God, my God. Begin to pray where you are. Oh, shake it about sitara baba. Let it about sitara mama. Oh my God, my God, my God. Oh, you are in this place to lift somebody from the mighty clay. You are in this place to do exploits, oh God. You are in this place to do the amazing, to do the supernatural. Come on, somebody, begin to position yourself. Uh, put yourself in the place God wants you to go. Oh, my God, I don't know who I'm talking to, but begin to make your way to the front. If you have decided, oh, that you are not going to be a vessel of dishonor, but you want God to do mighty things with your life. I want to pray for you. There's a mighty anointing in this place. Yeah. Oh, 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 Oh,